This is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Gallinac Master Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Sadly, Coach Foggy can't be with us today. He is trying to join, so if he is if he is able to come into the podcast, we'll welcome in welcome him in. But um, in the absence of Foggy, um, I'm delighted to introduce our special guest, Paul McFarlane, who does some amazing work with Scottish Cycling on mental health and, and mountain biking. So delighted to welcome you here, Paul. Thanks very much, Norman. It's a pleasure to be invited along. That's a, it's always great to hear a fellow Scot. <laughs> Missing the accent. <laughs> I miss the accent, yeah, yeah. Especially that's your accent. That's yeah, that's great. Um so Paul, tell us tell us a bit about what you do for Scottish Cycling. Within Scottish Cycling sits uh, developing mountain bike in Scotland and uh, this department has the remit to promote Scotland as a premier mountain bike destination within Europe and primarily within the world as well. You know, we've got some world-class trails, whether they're kind of long-distance trails out in Torridon or um, World Cup downhill tracks and, and kind of some really cracking trail centres as well. Within DMBINS, we have a project called Trail Therapy Mountain Bike Leader. And that is where I come in. My role as the mountain bike leader for the trail therapy is to help improve people's mental health and mental well-being using mountain biking as the vehicle to do that. So what 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 would be tell me about a session that you do then? Who who comes along to these sort of sessions and, and what do you do with them? So the project is is very, very new. There's nothing like this in the world. And um, we have had some great responses from, from all over, from California to Spain to South America, all over the UK. People are so interested to find out what the project is about and how it runs. We're running the project in partnership with NHS Tayside and NHS Lanarkshire and also Napier University. It's funded by Green Space Scotland um, and Nature Scotland. So the idea is that being outside, being in nature, can improve our health and well-being. And I think everybody is would agree with that. Couple that with the fact that we know that physical exercise improves mental health, and then add that to the mental well-being, and you seem to have a perfect package. So what would happen on the on the, the project itself? I would work with mental health professionals who have their own clients. They're trying to work through a program that would be best suited to these to these clients. And these clients could be in um, acute psychiatric care, or they might have gone beyond that and they're in a recovery process themselves. 
and everybody's recovery journey is is absolutely different. So their recovery journey it could be that they've um, they've had supported help. They're now beyond that, and they're looking for ways to have coping strategies of their own to to maintain their their health and well-being. It could be that they've had a prescription from the GP, which is something in Scotland that we're quite forward on doing. Um, it was born out of the social prescribing project, where GPs recognise that not everybody needs pharmaceutical medication to improve their health and well-being. There might be other ways to go about it. And that could have been through um, engaging in a walking group, cycling group, drama, arts, whatever that may be. Again, it's very bespoke to each individual. Out of the social prescribing came the Green Health Prescription, which NHS Dundee is running. So you could literally go to the doctor and he would prescribe go cycling. That's part of your, your medication. So once they've got that, they would then work with a health professional and I would support that health professional to make sure that um, all the risk assessments are in place, that we are going down the correct trails and that we are hitting the correct theory for what's called dialectical behavioural therapy, DBT. I think most people have heard of cognitive behavioural therapy, which is a, a talking therapy, but the DBT is more of a doing therapy. Um, it's about it's split into four parts. So one of the parts is about socialization. And we all know that when you're on bikes, um, being on bikes is brilliant, but it's even better if you're out with other people as well and being part of that group, that community of cycling. And when you start breaking that community down into its subsections, um, as we've already talked about, you've got roadies, you've got mountain bikes, you've got cyclocross, there's BMX, there's a whole load of, of different things. And we're focusing in on the, the mountain bike side of, of this. So again, in the social aspect, you're going to be with a lot of folk who are also into mountain biking and will um, uh, talk the hind legs off a donkey when you start talking about different parts of bikes or trails or whatever that may be. So that's the social aspect. The next aspect is about focus and being able to focus your mind on something, um, finding that flow. So the focus on a mountain bike trail, for example, could be the fact that it's a narrow trail. You're going down a bit of single track. There may be some routes ahead. There may be some uh, stones, drop-offs, whatever that may be. But the point is that it's focusing your mind. You're kind of letting everything else around you dissipate, can leave it behind. And that's the one thing you have to, you have to concentrate on. And we know that doing that is, is very, very popular nowadays. It's called uh, a lot of folk are into mindfulness, an absolute brilliant technique to, to help people. I suppose this is taking mindfulness onto the trail. The next part of that is about your decision-making processes. So how do you make those decisions? How do you tackle those roots or those stones that are on the trail? Um, do you have the, the correct responses that, you can see there's a problem. How do I deal with that problem? And what is the end result? How do you reflect and review on the problem that you've dealt with? And I suppose with kind of dealing with people maybe who might be suffering from anxiety, one of the most common mental health issues out there, um, a lot of people have the fight or flight response when it comes to dealing with problems or, or bigger challenges. And what we're doing, like most therapies, you start small and you kind of build up. Um, so what we're trying to do is 
put the problem into context, make it grounded, uh, grounded on the trail in in this case, um, and then um, and then make it accessible, make the decision making process uh, much more of an, an awareness thing within within the patient. The final bit is about the behaviours. How do you react um, behavioural, your emotional state when, you, when you're going down a trail, for example? And that emotional state could be when you're out and about and you're dealing with uh, maybe people have panic attacks or they might be suffering from mild to moderate depression. And we know that those uh, behavioural traits now impact upon your decision-making process, your social aspect of things, how you can focus your mind. And that's, that brings it all together in one big circle. So that's DBT, and that is the, the basis for the project. Now, the project is only as good as the evaluation that, that gets done in it. Um, there's loads of anecdotal evidence. Uh, anyone who's into cycling will always say, cycling is the best thing that I've ever done. I started cycling and it improved my, my physical fitness. And along with that came my mental fitness as well. The resilience that we're, we're trying to build up within people. The evaluation is getting done by Edinburgh Napier University. Uh, Professor Tony Westbury is in charge of that. And what he's looking at is the relationship between the patients and mountain biking, the mental health professionals, so that's the psychologists that are coming along, or the um, uh, occupational therapists or OT assistants or mental health nurses, and mountain biking. And then the last aspect he's looking at is the relationship between the mountain bike leader, which would be me in this case, and and the, the, the patients and the psychologist. So there's a lot going on in that, but having that evaluate, that robust evaluation from Edinburgh Napier University should be able to pr- provide other people, other organizations that are looking to do something similar in their area um, with the, the correct data to go forward, seek funding uh, for their projects and make it happen. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, I, I, I really get that, that the way that you describe it there in those four stages really makes complete, you know, as a, as a non-clinical person, but I, I, I completely get that. And I think particularly the, the, you talk about flow, but it's something about being in the moment, isn't it? And just getting pleasure off the out of the moment of you know whatever it is you're doing, and also I I can really see how that works on the the building confidence or building uh, p- helping people to develop strategies to deal with different situations. And and because I'm just thinking about it for myself, because I'm I'm an experienced uh, road biker, um, and I do a bit of, I do a bit of mountain biking, but whenever it gets technical, I you know I just I don't. I've never been coached um, and I don't have the confidence and I can feel, I can feel myself getting anxious in a way that I never ever get on a, um, on a road bike. But I know that, um, that, you know, if I practiced it, if I got the techniques right and I built it up gently, you know, it would be, it, it would be fine. And I can, so I think you can see that how that can really help someone who's, who's, who struggles to do that. So t- t- tell me, I mean, obviously not naming names or anything, but tell me about some of the people that have come on to the, um, onto the sessions and the sort of the sort of transformation that you've seen. Okay, so um, I started off doing the sessions with the mental health professionals because we need to have them their foundation and skill level reasonably good, so that when they're taking out their clients, 
um, they can then relate to them and say, okay, this is the challenges I found here. This is how we overcame it. And, and then they're talking from um, a base of experience as opposed to just theory. Um, one of the um, one of the people that we, we took out was was genuinely nervous about mountain biking. Um, he had not been on a bike for many years since he was a kid, and he's now in his in his thirties. Um, however, he was keen to to give this a go. And, and anyone who comes to you with passion, you can work with that. Passion's absolutely brilliant, dead easy to teach. And uh, we started going down some simple trails in the trail centre. And trail centres are graded similar to ski centres. So you start off on green, then blue, red, black, double blacks, kind of off-piece type thing. Uh, so we were going down some, some blue trails and uh, they were absolutely loving it. We were working on body position to start off with uh, and then the more technical aspects of how we get around a bone, this type of thing. And slowly throughout the day, you can see the confidence increasing and increasing. So then I took them to a small drop-off and the drop-off was no bigger than your average curb that you would have, you know, so kind of maximum kind of six inches, you know. And uh, yeah, went off of that, big smile. So, oh, do you enjoy that? Yeah, that was really good, Paul. That was really good. All right, okay. How would you feel about going off a jump? You know, a little bit bigger, but, you know, good landing, good, good entrance, good landing. You know, the, the exposure on either side's pretty limited and, and, and kind of well within kind of risk assessment. So we go and do that. And I swear, within three three attempts of doing the jump, it was like you'd flicked a switch within somebody. <laughs> we created a monster. You know, this person was just looking for jumps all the time, getting that buzz, getting that adrenaline at the end of it. And um, when we had our end of session review, sitting down, I'm like, well, how, how was it for everybody? The, the grin was from ear to ear. It was absolutely fantastic. So not only had we increased somebody's skill level, we're giving them a lot of enjoyment as well and increase their passion for it. That flowed through when this person was talking to a client, which we took out the following week. And they were the biggest advocate for this trail therapy, saying exactly what it can do for you. It's releasing endorphins. You know, you're getting that high, that natural high that, that you get through, through mountain biking, through challenging yourself to go over obstacles. Um, there was the cortisol release as well. So the cortisol is obviously the um, the stress and uh, stress chemical within our bodies, uh, which is a good and a bad thing because it builds up resilience within ourselves. So therefore, you are better able to deal with stressful situations in the future. So it was having this big, big knock-on effect. Um, and essentially, what I was doing there was coaching myself out of a job because this person was able to kind of imbue the qualities of mountain biking and, and how how good it is for your mental health and well-being fantastic so so that unfortunately you're well fortunately for you your your project is based uh, up in scotland but we've got um we've got listeners from around the world who maybe don't access have access to these sort of um uh services and support so if you if i you know if i'm a cyclist out somewhere else and not feeling very good about life at the moment and and um, struggling a bit mentally, um, what what advice would you give them about what they could do on the bike to to help them with that? So the first bit of advice I would say is um, uh, get a bike. Um, not everybody has access to bikes. I I understand that, um, and you don't need to have 
and all singing, all dancing, full carbon, full suspension, mountain bike. That's really not necessary. And I suppose one of the main things we do on the project is breaking down the myths about mountain biking. And, and when you suggest mountain biking, I suppose most people have a, a vision in their mind of somebody who has a full face helmet on, full body armour, um, a, a massive rig of a bike that can go everything. And that's simply not the case. It's a very small part of mountain biking, a great part of mountain biking, but very small. The majority of mountain bikers are people who have literally started going down a forest trail, a Land Rover track, if you like, or a fire road, you know, something very, very simple. And that's all you need to do. My first bit of advice for you is just to get on that bike, make sure the bike's fit for purpose, make sure you've got a helmet on, and and go for a ride out into the, the countryside, um, wherever you live. Find a beautiful bit of that countryside, ride to it, stop, enjoy the nature that's around you. And that that's the whole part of mountain biking. It's about being outside, trying to connect with nature. And once you start building up your sessions, you know, the first time you go out, it might only be for 20 minutes, half an hour. And then you discover that you're out a wee bit longer, an hour, two hours whatsoever. And once you've got the confidence to do that, it might be worth connecting with a local club, local mountain bike club or, or a riding club. You find that a lot of um, cycling clubs do a bit of both. You've got your road cyclists in there. You've got mountain bikers in there. And you'll find that you'll gravitate towards people of your own ability, your own skill level. And I suppose that's something else that puts people off. Am I going to be fit enough to keep up with other people? Am I going to have the skills to keep up with other people? I'd say don't worry about that. The fitness level will come. The skill level will come. It's the first, I'm going to say the first step. It's not the right term. It's the first pedal, I suppose, that's the, the most difficult. But trying to find the, the courage and, and, um, and the will to go and do that, I'd really recommend you, you, you kind of do that. Yeah, great advice. I, we were talking before we started the recording about cycling when we were kids. And I think there's, a, there's, a, there's that other bit about when you're, when you're an adult and cycling. Um, if you've cycled, it's most, most, not everyone, but most people have you know, started cycling when they, were, when they were kids, is that there's something that, that also takes you back to childhood. I think there's, prob there's a bit of an, I, I'm convinced of this, whether it's right or not, anyway, I've con convinced myself of this, that there, there is something about cycling that's taking you back to the, the freedom of being a, being a kid. And, and particularly for, for me, we, you know, like you grew up in kind of rural Scotland um, where... It's, it's safe and you got a lot of freedom and, and as a youngster with my friends we went off cycling all over the place um and say from quite a young age so I think now when I when I when I go out on the bike whether it's you know on the road or mountain or whatever there is something about you you're you're going back into your childhood which was quite carefree and um you know every day seemed to be never ending the sun was always shining you know you always had a great time you had a packed lunch with a you know, a jam sandwich or jam piece, as we'd say in Scotland. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just so, yeah. But yeah, part, definitely echo that advice there about go. You know, get just just get out and start doing it. Um, and yeah, the the transformation. Don't worry about what people think about you. Um, about your fitness, just get out and do it, and your life your life will quite likely change as a result of it. So so you've got your your. 
Um, you've got your project, Paul. Um, where, where are you going to take it next? Because it sounds like you're building up a bit of momentum about the work that you're doing. And what, what plans have you got for the future? So at the end of this year, what we want to do is have that evaluation from Edinburgh University, having worked with um, both the, the east and west coast of Scotland, as in Tayside and, and Lanarkshire. The, the plan at the end of that is that... Um, we have ambassadors within each project. And it's those ambassadors that will mentor the next cohort of people coming through. And what we really want to do is qualify those ambassadors through the mountain bike leadership scheme that gets run. So there's three levels of the scheme. You've got the fundamental mountain bike leadership, which we call Fun MBL, And that gives people leadership qualifications uh, to take people out on um, kind of the first mountain bike rides, really. It's an entry-level qualification uh, for people that are really, really keen to get involved and maybe take their skills to, to the next level. Then we got to level two. Um, level two is about doing kind of longer assessed rides within half an hour to 45 minutes of, uh, of a, a major road so you can you can get help if you need to. Um, and it's a longer course. It's it's it requires I think it's twenty lead rides. You you've got to do build up a logbook, but you've also got to have navigation in there as well. So you've got to tell read a map. And then you've got level three, which is the highest level, and that's you're talking more kind of expedition type type things. You know, you are going proper remote on on those things. So what we'd like to do is uh, get people who've come through the program, capture their interest, train them up in whatever level they feel is appropriate for them, and then they can then lead on the groups that they've started or, or been part of. And that way you're creating sustainability within, within the project. For the rest of um, uh, the project, what we intend to do is roll this out throughout the whole of Scotland. So you would have a trail therapy mountain bike leader in all the different areas um, throughout, throughout the country. On top of that, what would be really good if we were to start running um, kind of symposiums or some ways for people out with the uh, out with Scotland um, to get in touch, and then we would be able to guide them through the process of of being able to set one of these things up. So, as we, what you have to be careful of, as great as this program is, you do need that mental health professional support. That's really really key. Because you could go in with the best intentions as a mountain bike leader, but have, but not have the mental health support background, you could end up doing harm instead of good. So we have to be really, really careful on that. So it's being able to tie in with whichever mental health professionals are within your area, getting them to buy into the trail therapy, DBT, and then taking that forward. Okay, fantastic stuff. So if anyone's listening and wants to get in touch with you to find out a bit more about what you do, what's the best way of doing that? The best way of doing that is um, either through our social media pages. So um, you've got Developing Mountain Bike in Scotland. They're on Facebook. They're on um, Instagram. Or you could email somebody at Scottish Cycling. So um, that could be myself, Paul.McFarlane at Scottish Cycling org.uk and we will be able to answer your questions or if I can't answer your question I certainly know somebody who can answer your <laughs> questions 
we'll put we'll put up the contact details on the info around the um the podcast as well so if anyone wants to contact you then they can they can they can do that um oh great great stuff paul so my final final question before we before we finish great places to ride where's the where's the best place that you've ever ridden your bike okay um Okay, narrowing it down, narrow it down in Scotland. I say anywhere in Scotland's awesome. has <laughs> some really good places. Uh, but I'm quite often, you know, what is my favourite trail in Scotland? And for me, it's it's at Fort William. And there's a trail there called the Top Chief, which is, uh, it's a black run. So you, you do have to be fairly skilled to do it. But it throws everything. They've got some, it's a really, really well-maintained trail by the people at Nevis Range. Um, It has boardwalk. It's got uh, rock slabs. You're going through burns. You're going through forest. It's just absolutely amazing. And the best thing about it is there's a gondola uplift. (laughs) So... (laughs) As uh, the best, the best thing and worst thing about mountain biking is um, is obviously the downhills. But you've got to get up to the top of that to, in order to come down. So yeah, somebody providing a, a nice gondola for me to sit in on the way up, just just perfect. Hmm. Yeah, is that is that the um, the the route that they use for the downhill mountain bike racing world champs and so on? Is that because Anik is Anik Moore, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. it's the same place. So you're using the same right. gondola to get up there. However, it's it's a diff. The downhill, the World Cup downhill tracks just next door to it. Okay, so it's less technical. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. Of of great great news this year though is that the Nevis Range are opening up a blue trail from the top of the gondola all the way back down to the bottom. So that's accessible. That'll be accessible to pretty much everybody. Um, I've got a, a five year old who's who's looking forward to to doing that. Hmm. Yeah, and hmm. he's not on an all singing, all dancing full suspension mountain bike but can quite happily go down you know it's a family route so they, they really have opened it up to everybody so yeah if, if i could go anywhere that's where it is um however i do have to give a, a big shout out to my local trails of comrie croft which is is near creef and that's where i kind of grew up mountain biking and they have some excellent trails blue reds blacks um best brownies in scotland if, you, if you're into that and that's the big aspect of mountain biking as well as the the coffee and cake at the end of it. So um, yeah, I always got a really really warm welcome at Comrie Croft, and uh, yeah, I, I would that's my go to place. That's my go to. Great stuff, Paul. And uh, it's a it's an absolutely beautiful part of Scotland, around Creef, Comrie, around there. Just just gorgeous. Great place to live. Very envious. Um, that that's your home base. So, um, Paul, look, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, fantastic work that you're doing, and really hope that <clears throat> your evaluation shows the benefit of the work, and you can take off and do more great things and help more people. Thank you very much. It's been a, a pleasure, Norman, and uh, thank you, very, thank you again for inviting me on.